This is When Spirit Calls, and you on your journey are in the right place. This show is about magic, miracles, and meaning shared through stories, interviews, and channeled messages. We have so much to share about who you are and your divine mission here on the earth. Let's get to it. When Spirit Calls is right now. Our guest today is Patrick Phillips. Patrick is a former family physician turned spiritual counselor who lost his medical license for his stance on COVID-19. After facing his seeming worst nightmare, as his human life fell apart, he stumbled upon the inward path of forgiveness. Through meditation and studying A Course in Miracles, he was able to find true forgiveness and a supernatural peace that does not depend on our outer circumstances. This is now what he aims to give back to others through spiritual counseling. I'm so excited to hear from Patrick today, and I hope that you'll find our conversation valuable on today's episode of When Spirit Calls. Here we are. We're back on another episode, and you have just learned about our amazing guest. Patrick is here with us. Welcome, Patrick. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. You know, Patrick, you caught my eye because a friend of mine shared a video of yours on social media, the power of social media. And, you know, I'm not a big person that spends a lot of time, you know, going through reels and all the TikTok and all the things. But, you know, something caught my eye. And as I listened to your story, I felt very moved. And I felt like this is a story that needs to be heard beyond (laughs) what it's been being heard in. So I wanted to just create the space so that you could come on and share with all of us what you've been going through. And so why don't you start us off? Why don't you give us the backstory and what has happened to you so that we can all learn and and be inspired? Would you start us off with that? Definitely. Yeah. So it's quite a, it's been quite a wild ride, I would say over the last uh, three years, Uh, I guess for my Backstory: uh, I'm a former physician, so I was I was a family doctor in Northern Ontario, Canada, and I basically got caught up in COVID. I had a lot of things going on there, so I was just a run of the mill, new new in practice family doctor. But uh, through the course of the pandemic, I just started to catch on to some things that didn't quite sit right with me. Uh, And so uh, some of them were like the harms of lockdowns. Uh, I started to see some of my patients that were coming into the emergency room who who were being harmed by the lockdowns, whether it's missed cancer diagnoses, a huge surge in suicidality in children. And basically as well, just at the, what we were being told by public health, as far as the the danger of of the virus, the uh, and the lack of knowledge around public health measures like weight loss or other things in, in the size like vitamin D, all of that wasn't lining up with what they were telling us, right? And so that was kind of, that was distressing. I, I was seeing what was happening to our country uh, in Canada, like especially Ontario. Wow. We went from a, what I perceived as a free country to basically a totalitarian dystopia where we weren't allowed to leave our homes and 
people were becoming like my patients even were becoming suicidal from all of that, from the lockdown and isolation. And so I was seeing all of that both in society at large and in my own practice. And, uh, and so I felt compelled to speak out to, to say what I was seeing, what I was experiencing and to put another side to that story so that we could kind of come to some sanity maybe around some of these things. And so that's kind of what started me out down a bit of a path and that uh, ultimately led to the loss of my medical license. But, but yeah, so at, at that time, I was just kind of seeing injustice in the world and, and it was causing me a lot of pain, it seemed to be. And, and so I, I decided to lay it all on the line and kind of take that step out. And I wasn't alone. There, I, there were other doctors who kind of joined in afterwards, and other healthcare care professionals. But, but, yeah. So I just kind of entered on that. I would go to rallies. I would kind of encourage people. I was I was giving people that like vaccine exemptions and things like that when I saw them being coerced into medical treatments against what I perceived like used to be relatively standard uh, uh, medical ethics, right? That nobody should be coerced into a medical treatment. Yeah. But anyway, all of that <laughs> landed me in a lot of hot water. So they started an investigation yeah. uh, into me and my medical license. They eventually restricted me, uh, banned me from prescribing ivermectin, which in my opinion, from what I saw, was a life-saving treatment to so many patients yeah. uh, that I saw. And eventually, uh, they later suspended my license and then just recently revoked it in, in June of this year. And I, so there was, can yeah. I take a minute here, Patrick, because I just want people to understand the gravity of this for you, because, you know, you went to school, you worked very hard to get your title. And I hear people all the time that say, no, I work too hard for this degree. I need to stay with this job, even if it's sucking my soul, because I put all this time in. And I so deeply admire and respect your willingness to stand guard and stand in your truth because so many others would not do that because they were afraid, because they would lose their livelihood that they had worked so hard to gain. And you put everything on the line. And that, I think, is just such a show of character. And we need more of that in this country, in the world. For people to start letting go of that ego aspect, right? Of like, but you worked so hard for that and you, you're making money and you have to stay doing yeah. the thing, right? You are a testament to going against the grain. And I think it's important people know that you can do that and you can survive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I just wanted to pause and celebrate you in that because I think it's very admirable. It's very courageous. And it reminds me a lot, actually, my first interview I did on When Spirit Calls was with my friend Janie Soleil. And you might know Janie Soleil and Theo Fleury, who are with Canadians for Truth. And I don't know if you talk to them, but I'm going to hook you up if you don't know them, because you you guys need to have a conversation. I think Janie will be excited to hear from you and connect with you. So anyway, that's a side note. But point being is... Yay, you, Dr. Patrick Phillips. I'm still going to call you doctor, even though you had to give that title up because you worked hard for that. But thank you. Thank you for really stepping in. 
So that's what I needed to stay there. And you can carry on now. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So I, I guess that's kind of one layer of the story that was happening at point. Yeah. Which is Dr. Phillips, you know what I mean? Seeing some injustice, recognizing it and stepping out to do something and putting everything on the line. And, and then the matrix come down. <laughs> get its revenge, right, Army, and then take and take me down. Yeah. So that was one layer. But I would say, and I only recognize—I mean, I recognized a bit of it at the time, but I realized there was another layer to this story that that uh, really started to shine through, and that was on the spiritual level. So uh, I'm somebody—I mean, I grew up Catholic. <laughs> me too. Um, yeah. yeah, and there was for me it was. I got very into it at one point. I even entered a seminary when I was a teenager and stuff. But for the most part, my experience of that, and it's not everybody's experience, but was one of intense guilt. <laughs> guilt down to <laughs> like everything else. I have. I'm still working on all this false guilt that I'm carrying. Yeah. 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 And so then that kind of, I shed that a little bit into my 20s where. I actually stopped believing in God, and I still don't believe in God. But what I realized in my mind, something kind of clicked. Okay, I'm just believing all this stuff because I'm repeating it in my mind. So let's see what happens when I stop repeating it. And then it kind of shed away. But there was another experience, and I would call that the experience of God, right? Of knowing God, not believing, right? And that's what it cleared the way to, to come in. And that kind of, I got little spurts of that a little bit through time, but that really started to pick up over the last few years of entering into meditation, processing pain and spiritual practice. And, and I, like I said, I dabbled a bit, but really through the course of these last few years, that started to really intensify because as much as I kind of stepped out and took on that kind of hero role a little bit, I was miserable. Like at this last three three years were kind of a living hell. I've never experienced so much emotional pain in my life. Honestly, it was all of my worst nightmares coming true. <laughs> um, as a somebody who becomes a doctor, you you take on this very t- type A personality, right? You have to do everything perfect, get perfect grades, stay out of trouble at, at all costs, kind of try to hide away from authority figures and and uh, not get in trouble, right? That was kind of like your number one goal. And like, right, it is for a lot of doctors. So I had to step into a role of getting in trouble and kind of consciously doing that and see the consequences of that, which is a very, <laughs> very stringent and kind of this, I don't know, this dark figure, which is the medical college coming in to... Right. to, to yeah, exactly. Later, hammer down. Like a line, line, yeah. And so, I developed as I was fighting against them, right? Because I, I hired a lawyer and spent hundreds of thousands of dollars. Some of it was fundraised, and to try to fight them and to try to fight for not just it felt like not just for me, but for constitutional rights, for the right to free expression, for the right for patients to be free of unreasonable searches and seizures of their medical records, which the college was doing and all of that. And as I was fighting against these 
figures that were coming up to get me and to get others. It had it took on it, we had this energy of just like it was resentment, it was fighting, and and they consistently won. <laughs> and it was like they won every in Ontario, they won every court battle, every tribunal battle. Uh and they seemed to gain in power the more I fought against them. So actually, like I was clinging on to my court case, right? That I wanted to win and that would allow us to like set a precedent to win back some rights and things like that. And consistently it set a precedent in the opposite direction. <laughs> they just gained in power incredibly. And so that left me very, oh my God, the depression, the anger, the fear of what's coming next, the retribution from them, right? Because sometimes, yeah, I would kind of stab out at them of how awful these people are and how they're ruining society and ruining the practice of medicine and all of that. And it's very accusatory, this dark energy. And it was it was keeping me very low. But in my spiritual practice, something incredible really started to happen. Because in the in some of those dark and deepest moments of sitting in the pain, and that's really what I spent a lot of my time doing, partly because I was voluntarily going into it, and then they suspended my license, and then I was unemployed and depressed, and that became my mission of just sitting in that pain. And in a few of those moments of doing that, I just, actually in the darkest moments of despair, really, something, there was a crack that happened in my heart. and. It might, my pain that I generally feel like more in my solar plexus area, it's kind of like just this tension and I don't know, anger, fear, everything that's there, all of a sudden shifted really into my heart. And it was this oneness, peace experience where time disappeared. The whole difference between self and other disappeared. It was this peace, bliss experience that would come to me um, where I would break through the pain. It would dissolve the pain. The pain no longer mattered. It was there, but I was almost like dissolving and going away. And it was so powerful that it shifted something in me. Um, and it wasn't just one experience. I was, ha- I was having this, like it was coming and going, but it was like very strong, like in my meditations. Wow. And in that experience, Weirdly, like crazily to my mind, a gratitude to the college, <laughs> to the college, to Justin Trudeau, to all of these like tyrannical figures that I had in my mind, a gratitude to them came through because I, there was a knowing in me that this experience, this peace, this bliss, this is what, this is, this is all I ever wanted, right? This is it, right? And so what I realized was those dark, ominous figures who were out to get me were actually there to help me, right? Because by by ruining your life, right? And sometimes <laughs> that's the path. Your life kind of goes, goes to hell, like, right? Let's wipe it clean, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 And take away all your hope of finding some sort of a peace in the world, right? Mm-hmm. The world changing in any way that you want it to. And when when that happens, it's, it's crazy. It's like, when that you takes away all of your hope in the world, in that moment, it can be feel like suicide, right? Because you feel like there's no hope you want to get out of here. Yeah. And it's in the moment of giving up on the world that that crack opens, right? That you 
stop trying to find the peace on the outside and you start, you, you're open to finding it on the inside. And so that really was what's, and that didn't happen like at the end, but it was something that just started to develop and grow, I would say, over the last two years. Uh, and it's been really transformative. It's usually like in small steps, but then there, there were a few that really, really pulled this through in a big way. And uh, one was me finding the Course in Miracles. I, I'd never heard of it before, but I was following Dr. David Hawkins and some other spiritual teachers, but he mentioned the the, the Course in Miracles, right, as the path of enlightenment. I'm like, what is this, this Course in Miracles? And it was, uh, it's a it's a, an intense text. Uh, at first, when I read it too, I had a bit of a revulsion for it because I was not at all open to Christianity. Like, like right. I was like, no, like that was my, that was the world of guilt to me. Right. Um, but I decided to kind of look past that a little bit to to find okay what's the message here and and that was uh yeah really incredible it was it i found the way i described it to people uh the course if you're coming from any other tradition like meditation i find if you meditate if you sit in your pain if you sit in your experience long enough what often happens is a shift will happen in your mind where like the pain will release and like and oneness of peace will kind of come through that often takes quite a bit of sitting you have to sit in that pain for quite a bit open yourself in order for that yeah and who really wants to do that right i know yeah i know it's it's hard um but what i found is the course so often that's kind of the thing like pain sit in the pain meditate and then spiritual truth comes in that gives a new perspective that relieves the pain, right? right. Yeah. What I found the Course in Miracles really does is it brings that spiritual truth in first, right? So you sit in the, I still sit in the pain, but I bring that spiritual truth into the meditation and it's like, it's like a shortcut, right? It allows it to come in yeah. sooner, healing to come in, right? Yeah. So, it's, so I don't find that the Course is not the only way for anybody to find, like there's so many ways to do it. But I found that's what the course really does. Like the the truths that are in it, like you can bring that in to to your pain. You can't just absorb it by reading. It's not knowledge; it's experience, right? Right. So. We have to be willing to apply it, right? And that sounds to me like that's what you were able to do: is take the yeah. information, be open enough to receiving the information, and then you were able to actually apply it. And that's exactly what's so beautiful about having these tools. You know, whether it's a Course in Miracles, whether it's, you know, a metaphysical degree or whatever it is, the concepts yeah. are all there to help us alchemize the energy faster. Yeah. And yeah. so rather than sitting and having that long duration of pain and discomfort waiting yeah. for it to happen, yeah. now we actually get to take our power back and have some sort of experience where we can expedite the process and amplify the process so that we can move through it quicker, be in less pain, and we can get the value that was there for us in the first place. So yeah. love, I love that you experienced that and mm. that there was, oh, wait, okay, if that happened in meditation, well, what if I add this tool and no. look at that? So you uncovered something for yourself, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. So it's been very powerful. Like a lot of the lessons are, have been extremely healing uh, in my life. And really the, like the core practice really is one of forgiveness, which is not the typical form of forgiveness that people think of, right? Which is kind of, I saw what you did, but I know look the other way because I'm a good person. You know, I'm like, we'll, we'll kind of put this past us, but I know, I know what you did. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. That's the typical forgiveness, right? And a lot of people have a lot of revulsion towards that. Like sometimes like when a kid is kind of for, say you're sorry, right? You know? Right. But the forgiveness of the course is not that at all. It is a, a radical transformation of your perspective on yourself, other, and the world that allows you to see that no harm was ever done in the first place. Only blessing, right? And so... Uh, when you can see that with your own eyes, you don't have to forget. You know, it's not a thing to do, right? It's just, it's clear. You see the truth, right? Yeah. And, and, and that's really kind of what came through with myself and the call and the government and things like that, like that I was able to do that and see the truth, right? That they were, they were there. They came in to make my life hell <laughs> in order to point me inward to find the peace that can never be taken away. And once I saw that, you can't unsee it, right? And when you really feel it, you not just believe it, right? You feel it. It, uh, yeah. I now have gratitude for the college for taking away my license, for dragging my name through the mud, and all of those things, right? Because they brought up all those things for me to be healed, to be healed in my heart, and bring me to a place again where I can be a healer again. Because over the last a few years um when you're living in that resentment even if you feel like it's justified like you're a yeah. freedom fighter i need to do this to right set things right you know what i mean wow. you're still living in that making the world changing the world in order to feel no peace inside right rather than but the real approach like to be a healer right is to find the peace inside and then bring that to the world right and that's what that really allowed me to do which is incredible and kind of exciting that it freed me up to be be able to to do something new. I love, I, I keep saying I love this, but I do. I love the path that you went on and being so courageous and going through hell, but then taking that and turning it into gold because now you're doing what your divine purpose really always wanted you to do as a healer. You're just doing it in a different way than you thought you were supposed to. And so this is the epitome of when spirit calls because spirit called you. Spirit said, hey, this is what's happening. Hey, you're not going to win any of these cases. <laughs> what are you going to do with this, right? And it's so interesting to me because, you know, from a, a young age where we are conditioned, you know, do unto others as you would want done unto yourself. But the real truth is that when we love others, when we have gratitude for others, when we forgive others, we are doing all of that to ourselves. So the resentment and the anger that you were pushing against the college or whomever the dark beast was, right, in that experience, yeah. all that resentment was just boomeranging back to you. And so it was keeping you playing in the cesspool, you know? And a lot of people forget that. They they get vengeful. They want, they want to make it clear. They want that person to know the real truth, you know? And we get so wrapped in that that we don't realize that what we really need is love. What we really need is compassion. What we really need is forgiveness because that is what's going to come back to us. So, you know, you are a perfect example of how, again, back to the alchemy of things, you were able to take that 
experience that in the moment felt horrific. And you were able to say, what did I get out of this? Wait a second. I got a new pathway. I got my own sense of freedom and I got peace that I never had inside myself before. What a gift, right? So well done to you. I honor you. I, I celebrate that in you. I want to talk about a few other things that you mentioned because you talked about that you don't believe in God, but you know God. And I find that really compelling because oftentimes they say, oh, I believe in God and I don't think much of it. But I know God. I have a relationship with God. And in particular, the relationship with it within myself of God that exists, right? My God self is what is doing the work right now. My God self is what carries me through the day. So can you explain kind of that shift in perspective about knowing God versus believing in God? Yeah. So, I mean, growing up, like I said, in Catholicism or whatever, well, at least my experience of it, yeah, it was very much a belief in a man in the sky who judged me for all my sins and I needed, I condemned me to hell unless I got to confession in time, you know. Yes. Or, in, uh, I got in the car on the way there, right? Right. Or we had to like wallow with guilt and the shame yeah. because that was like part of our penance, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, that was kind of my experience. And then I realized I, I talked to God, I prayed back then, but I, what I realized is that prayer did not make me feel more loving. You know, it was actually bringing me to a darker place and got me even more depressed because like, because the voice inside my head, right, that I was hearing was myself, right? And it was not a loving self, you right. know? And that, like I said, that was my experience. So, like you can be Catholic and experience God. You kept absolutely, and I'm not this, I'm not kind of taking on Catholicism itself necessarily, but, yeah. but it was... Yeah, so it was a belief, and it was making me feel awful, and and so I decided, okay, well, kind of came to me actually. I thought like, oh, you're just you just believe in this because you keep repeating it to yourself. So I decided, okay, well, I'm going to stop repeating it to myself. So I stopped going to church, and that kind of faded away. And ironically, actually, what I would say was my first experience of God came. A couple of years after that, I actually came on, on psychedelics. I tried shrooms for the first time and I just had this, who I who I thought I was kind of disappeared and I kind of moved up into this space kind of above myself where I saw myself as the observer of everything going on and it was, I kind of laugh at all my worries and all of those things. Yeah. But I, I, weirdly, I thought I died. I thought time disappeared. So I... I lost all conception of of time, and so I thought this is it. You know, I'm I'm gone. Patrick's gone. Like you know, I, I died, or at least I went crazy or something. Yeah. And uh, but in that, I had this sense a peace of everything is perfectly okay, exactly as it is, and I felt like I was sustained by something, like some there's some creator, you know. Uh, that was there and I sensed that and and so okay and so at that point I became okay I'm not an atheist I'm there's something there you know and so and that kind of that stayed with me for a while I kind of meditated practice and then that kind of fell away after a few years and I don't necessarily recommend shrooms as a way to become enraged because <laughs> honestly it, it stopped working after that this and and nobody I knew who did them had that experience yeah, not, yeah. so it, it's not the path necessarily it can, it can be 
can't be. Yes, lots of people. But it's not a ticket to to oneness. Yeah, it takes more than that. And I know a lot of people will use ayahuasca as well as just the as like just the opening, right? Sometimes yeah. you just need the opening. So, you know, in your process, you had that experience. And so then you started just leaning into being more open to that connection with God. Is that kind of how it went down? Yeah. I mean, it, it kind of went away for a few years. And then afterwards, yeah, then I I did things like psychotherapy, things like that. It, like, really, it was all about kind of fixing the pain that I had inside of me. Yeah. But yeah, then it moved much more inward. But there was a knowing that peace is there, like that, that. That maybe is the truth of what we are and that yeah. that's what really started it was kind of something i dabbled in and then over the last three years i was kind of forced into it yeah, right from, from the pain the helps you know and then having but what i've felt when you have that oneness experience that peace the bliss that comes in mm-hmm. get ready because your life is about to become health <laughs> you know in some ways because when you're ready for it yeah. The outward path is going to fall apart. Yeah. yeah. And it means that you're ready. And and so, yeah, it's called the dark night of the soul or the dark night of the ego or whatever. But all your values, everything that you thought was important in the world, when you're ready, it's going to, it's going to fall it's apart. Right. Yeah. And, and that is the path inward, but it is where you find this peace that far outweighs anything that you could possibly find in the world. Right. Yeah. We realized that we were so lost in this outside world or this extrinsic world, and really none of it matters, right? What matters yeah. is here. What matters is this relationship with self and with God, however you perceive God. And I want to just bring this up for our listeners because, you know, we can define God as, um, you know, creator, universe, source, energy, whatever you want. My my friend Glenda calls it Gus, God, universe, source, which I really love. I think it's fun. It's Gus. But really, this is about us redefining what is God for us? Because many of us were raised in these guilt conscious type of environments and the judgment. And yeah. it's the opposite of that, you know, it's not judgment day. It's compassion day that's coming. You know, it's we're starting to recognize that, wait a second, I don't need to fit in that box or I don't need to believe what that what that story was. I get to decide it for myself. Yeah. And so to me, it sounds like you redefined that relationship. And so yeah. our listeners, I want to remind you, if you haven't redefined your relationship with God or creator, it's a great opportunity to look at that. If your belief if you're knowing about God or creator is serving you, fantastic. Keep that belief. If it's not serving you, then there's an opportunity for you to go back and redefine what that looks like. So that is a really important step, I think, for people that are starting to lean in or they've been going through this spiritual process for a while or awakening, if you will, and they're kind of at odds with, well, what do I believe? Do I believe in that man in the sky or what does that mean? So redefine. Yeah. Okay. Just wanted to share that. Um, can we talk a little bit about the guilt? How did you get rid of the guilt? I'm just curious because, you know, you're not the only one that has been moving through that. And I'd like to know if you were able to move that. Yeah. So so that's a really good question, actually, because one thing that I found that was very ironic, a little bit, and I'm still kind of in this discovery process, but as you start to awaken, like you have this spiritual awakening to oneness, love, and the truths of what we are, right? 
our egos actually get worse. Like so that was one thing that I found. So the guilt, the guilt, that the vengeance, the anger. Um, that was one thing I didn't really mention before is that when part of my forgiveness process at the college was I had to see within myself how much I hated them. I hated their guts. I wanted them to die, rot in jail, to maybe they should get some medical experimentation on them, right? Like that would be nice. Let's make them so, Yeah. Yeah. I fought against that a lot because the guilt or whatever, or I wanted to deny that that, that was what my guilt wanted. I couldn't forgive them until I saw it within myself. And when that happened, I could be like, oh, wow, this ego thing, like is mine is just as bad as theirs is. I want to control them. I want to be their tyrant, right? You know, they deserve it. What a mirror. What a great mirror for you. Yes. So I couldn't forgive them. And that's what I realized kept me in it for a very long time was I had to be able to see that Patrick is this nasty, guilt-ridden, blame-ridden person, right? And so just as much as they are. And so and the truth of them is that they're not that. But And neither am I. But yes, that's right. But the guilt, I would say, is inherent. And this guilt is inherent. And if we see ourselves as separate from others, from separate from God, separate from oneness, the guilt of that, of, uh, that's the original sin, right? Of, of believing that we can be separate from God. It's all a lie. Yeah. It's a dream. It's a nightmare that we're having. Yeah. Right? But inherent in that is this intense awful guilt like this this guilt and it is it is at the root of separation and seeing ourselves as in this world and so what i've noticed is that as i've healed and tuned in more to the love and the peace and the oneness i'm starting to see more of this guilt and the awfulness of ego you know and so what i found is the guilt got worse <laughs> And they ought to get these, like this murderous rage within me that will come up over little slights, right? Because as you're getting closer to that point of seeing through the separation, yeah, the ego starts to lash out in Yeah, it wants to hold on, right? Yeah. It wants to yeah. take control. Yeah. Uh, so that murderous rage, the, the horrifying guilt, right, comes out more and more. But that's actually a sign of progress. Because you're seeing it. It's no longer hidden in the world. Yeah. You see it within yourself. And so ironically, what you can find is as you're progressing in the spiritual path and getting closer there, at the same time, your ego might get worse, right? You see this or this horrifying guilt or, or this murderous rage within you. And that's good. <laughs> you're seeing it. We're and seeing eventually what will happen is as you see it, you see how awful it is and miserable it is and eventually when you see it enough you make that final decision to be like fuck this i'm out of here right so but so the truth of the world of separation all of this we we make up this oh, okay there's these nice things in the world there's beauty but there's also you know but really hidden in all of it if we believe we're separate is this gilded this horrible ego self that is never can never be happy and so as you're getting closer you start to see that and you see how awful it is in your your ego and then eventually we make that decision of being like, we see the truth. It's like, no, I'm choosing peace. I'm choosing love and I'm letting go of Patrick. In yes, yes. And we can call that even the ego death. You've talked about the dark night of the soul. Some people call it ego death. And it doesn't mean the ego goes away completely. We need our ego as human beings. We need that aspect of our beingness, but we are not our ego. 
And I encourage my clients to really separate themselves from their ego. So they see their ego, they even give their ego a name. Mine's yeah. name is Jane. And I say, oh, Jane, you're popping up again. Thanks so much, but I got this, you know? And so we make it this exchange and we build a relationship to ego and it stops having that power over us that it once had before. But you caught it right there. See it. If you can observe the ego and you can see what it's doing, you've, you're already 90% of the way there because you yeah. witnessed it. And if you can witness it, it means that you've got your, you know, your finger on it. And now you just have to make a d decision of what to do with it. Right. So yeah. that's brilliant. And you talk about oneness quite a bit. Can you um, share with us, you know, what are a few things, maybe from the Course in Miracles that you learned that were really impactful for you that just changed the game? Because I want our audience who are listening that are like, oh my God, they went through whatever experience. I would love to know what those, those key pieces are. Yeah. So one of the most powerful practices that I would say is the most healing for me in the course, like it's full of, there's 365 lessons in it, right? Plus the yeah. text and what, but, but one of them was this practice called give me your blessing, holy son of God. And so in that practice, what you do is in a meditative state, you tune into your body, you kind of come into the present moment, feel whatever you're feeling inside and close your eyes and you bring up your enemy. You know, in college for me, I would use like Justin Trudeau, you know, right? Cream yeah. Ontario, you know, yeah. Klaus Schwab, those people, right? <laughs> and you, you bring them up in your mind, you look at them, you see their details. You might even just recall some of them saying things like, you know, they're the most nasty things that they do or whatever. And you look past them. So you'd kind of allow that figure to be there, just kind of fade and look past them to their soul, to their, their, consciousness their their soul that is one with god and you look at them and i say a few like there's a few things there's two practices but one of them give me your blessing holy son of god and i would say that to justin trudeau yeah. like to his true self like who he is and at one with god perfectly innocent and ask for that blessing and you have to allow this to come up and then what i would feel is like my ego like wrenching like oh my god like no what the hell are you doing this guy's like a demon nice yeah. so that would, would be what my ego do but i would allow myself to kind of see that and what you do is you feel the blessing from this person come into your heart and you feel the love unconditional love coming from that person who they really are and their blessing coming to you and you feel it and it's like you can feel it in your heart and as you do that, your, your ego is kind of writhing, you know, b beneath, but it starts to fade. And, and eventually, like, the, the love from your enemy or whatever is coming through and you just feel it. And it's like, whoa. And then slowly the ego part starts to fade. And, like, and that was one of the most powerful things. I did it with, like, Christian Freeland and all these political figures. Political figures are, are, are big ones, right, that we project yes. our to. That's but, right. And, yeah, you know. We forget that they're human too, and that they're doing the best that they can. You know, everyone's doing the best they can. And that was a really tough one for me to wrap my head around because I was like, no, they're not. Like, they can do better. Yeah. But then I yeah. think about times in my life, I'm like, well, no, I didn't make the best decision at that time with the information I had, even though I might do it different today. Right. And that bit of compassion and grace that we extend is like magic. Right. So, I love that. I love that. Any more goodies? Yeah, that was a big one. Yeah, that's a big <laughs> one. Um, 
Yeah. I mean, there's, there's so many there. So another one is, uh, that I use every day really is I'm never upset for the reason I think. And so this is a really powerful practice that allows us to, to really let go of, of some upsets because from every little upset to like somebody cutting you off in traffic up to sexual abuse or whatever that happened to you. The truth is that time is the, the way we see the world is not the way the world really works. Mm -hmm. And so what we think is that things happen to us in our life and we feel upset about that, right? That anger comes on or guilt or sadness from the loss of someone or something. And we think that the event caused the sadness. Right. But the truth is, is that the upset came first. The upset actually all upset already existed. The original separation. Like all upsets come from identifying as an ego. And so when you go to those upsets that come and you allow them, you have to feel them, right? But you just bring into your mind, I'm never upset from the reason I think I'm not angry because that person cut me off in traffic. And you drop the story about it. And that won't necessarily drop the, it right away. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it actually makes it worse because you tune into not just that little bit of irritation, but you realize that little bit of irritation is just a representation of the rage that I feel inside yeah. from ego separation, right? And so as you're able to do that and bring those in, drop the story about them and get into the feelings themselves, that's where healing can happen at a deep level. You're not just forgiving that person who cut you off in traffic, but you're forgiving a deep wound that has been in you that caused actually that person to cut you off in traffic. Yeah. Um, we're, we're deeply powerful. We are. Creators, right? And so, so the truth of the world is that the feelings always come first. So we create the world to justify, to project our feelings out there. So if we bring the feelings in and realize, I'm not upset for the reason I think. The upset came first. And so if you can, you can experience that when you sit with it long enough, this will feel true and you'll realize that cause and effect are the opposite of what they are. And that was how I was able to heal so much childhood trauma wow. in myself because I realized, okay, I time and space are not what they seem like time and space are, are, they're a creation of the ego. Right. And so what I realized is these upsets and everything, I, I created that world to to justify these feelings. But if you can open yourself up to the feelings and see through them through forgiveness, you realize that I created my childhood trouble. Like I chose, I chose my parents. Like I got that insight. I chose my parents. Wow. And my mission here was to, to bring healing to my parents. Right. And so, and so that my mission is forgiveness. Right. And it caused this big reversal in my mind that like, I'm here to give love to to all, to my parents, to and whatever, through healing and forgiveness. And I let go of that idea that my parent had to be somebody who took care of me and all of that resentment because they weren't what I needed or what I thought I needed. Right. So, but anyway, by just going to that one practice of I'm never upset for the reason I think, it opens your mind to a deeper layer, to all of our upsets. Yeah. And you can heal them at that deep layer, then the a new interpretation of forgiving eyes can reinterpret 
all of what you seem to undergo and you can see it in a loving light where you can actually have gratitude for all of the horrible things that happened. Yes. And, you know, it goes back to that saying, everything happens for us, not to us, right? Um, And for the people that are listening that maybe are still going through some trauma, we're not saying that you are responsible for the experience necessarily that you had, but you are responsible for how you respond to it. And you're responsible for remembering (laughs) that there's way more uh, pieces to this puzzle that you did choose that experience on some level, not consciously, but on a subconscious, deeper level, you needed that experience to learn something, to do something, to inspire someone, whatever the reason is, we don't always know. But our job is to go back to trust, right? To that deep sense of trust. I love this one. I am never upset for the reason I think I am. And I think that's just a powerful tool that you gave us. And of course, the idea when we're angry at someone or mad at someone or we want to get vengeance on somebody, to hold them in a high regard, to see their souls and not the person we think they are, but to see their souls and recognize that most people who are doing things that are hurtful, that we perceive as hurtful, are likely also in a place of despair. And then we start to see compassion for those people. Those are powerful, powerful ones. Oh my gosh, time has just flown by, Patrick. I feel like so filled up with this conversation, uh, but I'm so grateful for it. And I know that our listeners needed to hear some aspect of the conversation we have today, if not all of it. So thank you so much for taking the time to be with us and when Spirit Calls. I'm so glad Spirit called you. And no, yeah, and now everybody, Patrick is helping to counsel other people. And he talked about part of his mission being forgiveness and what a wonderful gift to share that with the world. Patrick, can you tell us how we can find you or what you'd like us to do moving forward? Yeah. So, so if you feel like you want some extra guidance, uh, in a course of miracles or, uh, other spiritual practices to, reach that forgiveness to heal that pain on the inside then uh and you want some guidance from me I'd, I'd be more than happy to be a guide for you so you can find me at my website patrickphillipscounseling.com it's pay as you can so whatever you can afford and uh you can book a, a schedule schedule an appointment yourself online anytime and uh i would love to meet some of you guys and kind of be on this journey together Oh, you're such a blessed soul. Thank you so much for pouring your love and your energy into this entire experience. I can feel it. And uh, thank you. Thank you for speaking your truth and walking the talk so that, you know, we have permission to do the same thing. Because sometimes we just need someone to show us that it's possible. And it sure is possible. So Patrick, thank you so much for being on the show. We will put those links in the show notes for you folks. So uh, you will have that there accessible to you. And uh, you know where to find Patrick moving forward. Again, thank you so much. You guys, it's been so fun on another episode of When Spirit Calls. Can't wait to be with you next time. We'll be with you soon. Bye for now. So happy you could join us today. And we hope that you found comfort and inspiration with wherever you are at right now. If you feel you received a gift in today's message, please pass that gift along to a loved one by sharing this episode with them. To continue this conversation, 
please join me at rosehope.ca. And when you do, be sure to access your free gift by signing up for the When Spirit Calls newsletter. I'm looking forward to connecting with you again soon.